Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Uh, before the game started yesterday, I put out like a funny post on the community where I was joking, but I was serious. I said, Lord, please, Lord, please let the Clippers not start James Harden tonight. Of course, some people had a good laugh at me, which I totally understand because at this point, we, we, it, 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 we've turned into a laughing stock at this particular point. So what happened? Uh, James Harden started in the game and I was like, God, here we go again. But as I was watching the game in that first quarter, the Clippers seemed to be executing properly on offense and on defense. They were trapping Luka. Things were going perfectly. But then I knew the inevitable would happen, that they would start to break down, the Mavs would make an adjustment, and the Clippers wouldn't be able to figure things out. Um, the, in the first six, seven minutes or so, or maybe the first quarter, the Clippers were really firing on all cylinders. And what I noticed in that first quarter was that the offense was running through Kawhi. Harden was playing off the ball, and I think that's your best way. I think you should initiate your offense through your best player. Who knew? I mean, this is such, uh, you know, innovative thinking, but I thought that's what you should do, and the Clippers were seeing success. Kawhi Leonard was getting into a good rhythm. But inevitably, um, things started falling apart. They got into the second quarter, and they started going to their bench unit, and I was looking at the the compilation of players that they had on, on the floor, and I'm looking at the roster. I'm seeing... Terrence Mann, I think I saw Russell Westbrook, or James Harden, or Russell, Russell Westbrook. Then they had um, uh, uh, P.J. Tucker and all of these guys. And I'm looking at the Clippers roster. I'm like, why is this team so small? Why is it so small? You, you With the former roster you had, you had more length. You had more versatility defensively. And dare I say you had more three-point shooting in Nicholas Batum and Robert Coverton. Why the the Clippers gave that up? Only God in heaven knows why they did that. And as I was watching the game, it just started to become more embarrassing and embarrassing literally by the dribble. And I looked up at the halftime score, and the Clippers gave up 77 points in the first half. In the second half of that game, the ineptitude continue let me give you guys some figures get this in the second half of the game the clippers found a way to outscore the mavs they scored 75 points but they gave up 67 points almost 70 points clippers are giving up 30 points a quarter in the second half in the first half, they gave up an average of damn near 40 points a quarter. That was the first part. The second alarming trend was Paul George was not able to throw the ball into the ocean. Paul George finished that game shooting 3 of 12. 3 of 12. He finished the game shooting 25% and 14% from the 3. The only people that were able to get a good rhythm or a decent rhythm were Kawhi, who scored 26, he shot uh, 53% from the, from the field and 53% from the three, 100% from the free throw line. Avitsa Zubak was able to get into a flow. James Harden was able to get into a flow. And Russell Westbrook shot pretty decently. He shot 0% from the three, but he only attempted one. Looking at this roster, what I'm noticing is this. 
the Clippers gambled with uh, James Harden. They added a variable that I think that if they get it wrong, it will totally destroy their team. If they get it right, it could absolutely work. The question then becomes, why would you jeopardize your team like this when you already had a good team to begin with? I am yet to I am yet to understand what is it that James Harden has given the Clippers that they didn't already have. Somebody will say, oh, well, they had playmaking. But Russell Westbrook was a playmaker. You had Paul George at times who could be a playmaker. You had Kawhi Leonard who at times could be a playmaker. But they needed that additional playmaker. And the problem was you're adding now another Hall of Fame player. And when you add another Hall of Fame player, it's not the same thing as just going out there and getting a point guard that, that, that is just good at distributing the ball. You now have to consider the fact that if this guy is not working, you can't just summarily uh, relegate him to the bench because there's going to be some issues when you're benching a Hall of Fame player. Did James Harden come to the Clippers to become a, a bench player? Well, let me ask the people that are supporting this trade. Listen, people are saying you should give this trade more time. And I'm saying more time won't solve the problem. Do you know why? Number one, the Clippers are not going to get any taller as a team in the next 10 games. The Clippers are too small. Robert Covington was a legitimate 6'7", 6'8", but he was a very versatile defender. He could play big as a defender. P.J. Tucker, if he's not offensive rebounding and playing some type of defense, although he's very strong, he's not going to be a threat on the court in terms of stretching the floor. He was airballing threes yesterday. He's not going to shoot. He's not going to be any single threat. And while you would give up a Nicholas Batum and a Robert Covington and switch that out with uh, uh, P.J. Tucker, I don't understand. This was an all-time embarrassing loss all-time embarrassing Westbrook and Harden cannot be in the same starting lineup their skill set is too redundant they cannot be in the starting lineup I think they have too many they have too many offensive players there's too much offense on the floor and not enough versatility too many of those guys are doing the same thing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can play defense Russell Westbrook and James Harden cannot really play defense so their defense actually got worse. That's what happened. This is, what the, this is the genius thing the Clippers did. Their defense got even worse. Because at least before, you had, let's say you had a starting lineup of Russell Westbrook, Paul George at the two, Kawhi at the three playing his natural position. You had Robert Covington at the four who could play defense and shoot the three. Then you had Avicii Zubacca. The Clippers have now gone to starting Russell Westbrook, put in James Harden at the two to come off the ball. You put Paul George at the three. You put Kawhi Leonard at the four. So what happened? The Clippers are so stupid. This is such a stupid team. This is such a stupid team. I'm sorry to say it. They're so stupid. So what happens when the Clippers go against uh, Denver Nuggets? What do you think is going to happen? What in your rabid ass mind do you think is going to happen to the Clippers? When they face the the, the NBA champions, because you got to go through them, or is the hope that oh we don't want to play them? What happens if the Clippers have to face against face the Lakers, and Anthony Davis gets Zavitsa Zubak in foul trouble, which is more than likely? Then what you gonna put you gonna put a Kawhi on Anthony Davis? You gonna put a Kawhi on Nikola Jokic? Mason Plumlee is gonna be gone for a while. 
there's no way you can look at what just happened yesterday and the embarrassment that Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic had like forty plus points in by the third quarter. I mean, it was it was it was a clown show. He was picking rolling if it's a Zubac into oblivion. If you walk away from that game and you're still thinking, oh, something is going to change, the question I have to ask you, I have to ask you is what exactly are you expecting to change? What is the thing specifically that will change? They'll start to gel where? Where? On offense? How? They are who they are. Defense, James Harden and these guys are who they are. They're a small team, and they will be small, be a small team. The Clippers are, I don't think the Clippers are going to probably have a chance to make the playoffs this year. No. And if the Clippers don't make the playoffs, they need to blow this team up into oblivion. They need to send Paul, they need to send each of them to different planets. It it is just not working. And why the Clippers would overcomplicate their roster, only, only they know. They had something good and then they went and effed it up. Something was working, you broke it, and now you want to fix it again. That's the Clippers for you. I'm not supporting them right now. I'm not supporting this type of stupid. I'm not doing it. Because this is all stuff. It was unnecessary. And of all people, James Harden. The Clippers went after James Harden. That should tell you everything you need to know. They saw something in James Harden that nobody else saw. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. As you know, the Clippers are quickly turning themselves into the biggest laughing stock in the NBA. And with the recent acquisition of James Harden, they have absolutely confounded the entire NBA world. And a lot of people are here scratching their head trying to figure out why in God's name did the Clippers decide that they wanted to be the team to go out there and bring James Harden on their roster. I just, I just, I just can't make sense of it. I just cannot make any good sense of it. Why would you want James Harden on your... I, I, I can't figure this out. You want somebody on your roster that is a chronic uh, choker in the playoffs. Somebody that doesn't really give a damn about losing. And history shows that. When you lose a playoff game and you're in the club that same night, you don't care. You don't care. If you look at players that care about the game, when they lose, they're really pissed off. They're really bad to be around. The Chris Pauls, the Kobe's, the LeBron. You, you can't. Then there's nothing to smile about. No, I don't want to go out with you. No, I ain't trying to see you right now. No, I'm not trying to dance right now. But not James. James Harden cannot even be. Do you know that there was a report that after the Clippers lost, I believe, to the Knicks or the Nets, that James Harden was out there partying with Odell Beckham? Now, some people say, he a grown man. He can live his life. Let me ask you a question for anybody that's saying that. I want to know if they're serious people because some people are very unserious. If you are underperforming at your job and you're not delivering on your work, Will you have the enthusiasm to go to the club? Or will you be sitting down trying to figure out ways to ensure that you get back on track? What are you celebrating for? What are you celebrating for? What's to celebrate about? What's to smile about? What's to dance about? What's the dance? You're running away from your problems? Ain't they going to be there right there when you come back? Won't you, won't you try to face your problems? Now I'm going to run away to the club because when I'm at the club, I'm going to forget about my problems and therefore they're going to disappear. To me, it just shows a, a, a chronic level of unseriousness. That's what it shows to me. 
That's what it says. I'm sorry. Giannis loses a game. He's missing free throws after he's finished talking to the, to, to the press. He's shooting free throws. Kobe loses a game. He couldn't shoot the. He couldn't hit his shots. He's out there shooting shots. James Harden loses a game. He's in a club. And this is the guy they wanted to to, in, to to put inside their locker room. So what happened? Yesterday, the Clippers got absolutely embarrassed on TV. Totally embarrassed. And at the end of the game, the Mavs announcer, let me just make sure I get the gentleman's name uh, right here because I want to give him his proper uh, credit. The Mavs announcer is, where is it at? His name is Brian Damaris. Brian Damaris, at the end of the game, when they were asked for him, to, when he when they were asked to kind of weigh in on James Harden and what he's meant to this Clippers team and what he's meant to the NBA in terms of a player, this guy perfectly summarized James Harden as he totally eviscerated the guy on TV. For those of you who didn't have to hear what the Mavs announcer said, take a listen to what this gentleman had to say here, and then we're gonna come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to that. Ask the producer to pipe this into the Clippers locker room. If I can talk to you, James, I hope you're taking notes. I'm telling you in advance, you're welcome for the wisdom I'm about to spew. Because, listen, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me like Daryl Borey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You want to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend Russell Westbrook. You want to go to Vegas on off days? They looked away. You wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night. They changed the schedule, and it didn't work. And you know what? You said, I'm going to break up with my whoopee. Not good enough. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work. The big three. And all after one year, you wanted out. You realized, oh, my gosh, I took this guy for granted, the guy that believed in me. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there. And you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said, they didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You were holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they co they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with your guy believing in you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over, they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible, the bad roommate here. They never thought, being self-aware enough, that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. <laughs> if this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else, and you're going to go back home, and you're going to start swiping right for another team, and there's not going to be anybody left. Because, James, you're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem. Oh, oh, and the mic drop, Devin. So you heard what the gentleman had to say. What I want to know is who are the people that want to defend James Harden? Where are the people that want to defend James Harden? Where are they at? Where y'all at? What did he say that wasn't true? What did he say that wasn't? You should already have known that you were in trouble when James Harden came in there talking about some damn, I'm not a system player, I'm a system. Somebody should have stood up and said, uh, excuse me, the system that you're referring to, what do you have to show for it? And then somebody in the back would have shouted, absolutely nothing. Where's the system? Where is the system? Do you guys realize that the 76ers are a much better team without James Harden.
And the Clippers are a much worse team without Jay. What does that say? You see, people keep talking about give it time, give it time, give it time, give it time, give it time. What I'm seeing is at one point, this team was a good team. And in another point, there was a bad team. And there was only one big variable that has changed, and that's James Harden. So how can it not be James Harden? Does this team look like, look like a competitive team? This team looks like they are on their way to becoming one of the all-time embarrassments in sports history. That's where the Clippers are heading. When you have this amalgamation of, uh, amalgamation of talent, and these are the results that it yields, that's what you are. You can talk about time. You can talk about all these other things. All that matters is results. Time sounds like an excuse. Ty Lu is there trying to scratch his head and figure out, okay, maybe we need to do this. Maybe to... And somebody needs to ask the question again. Clippers, why did you do this in the first place? Somebody says, oh, well, you know, we want him to be an insurance policy to when Kawhi Leonard gets injured. Okay, so what if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get injured? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna totally screw up the chemistry of your offense of your team, mess up your offense. So hold on, let me figure this out. So you got so now we're hoping to, for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to get in. What kind of lousy strategy is that? You're strategizing around a player going down. What? I think the Mavs announcer perfectly summarized James Harden right now. He perfectly summarized. James Harden's legacy is going to take a hit after this. Unless they figure it out. It's going to take a hit. Because everybody's going to be asking, what, what happened with the Clippers? They added James Harden. That was a new variable and it didn't work out. And those comments are going to come back to haunt him. Those I'm a system player is going to come back and haunt him. He should not have. James Harden's up there talking like he LeBron. Like as if he got four finals MVPs. When he doesn't. When he doesn't. The Clippers will never admit this publicly. They will never admit it publicly. Internally, internally, excuse me, they know it is a disaster. They outsmarted themselves. The simple things in life are what work, is what works. Whenever you're trying to get complicated and get smart and show people that you're smart, this is what happens. Instead of sticking to what works, the, sticker, the, the Clippers wanted to be innovative. And now look what they've done. Their team is worse off offensively and defensively. Because now what it looks like every single night, at least one of their key players is going to have a bad shooting night. And in the very next game, they're going to try to come back and ensure that that guy has a better shooting night and then it's going to mess up somebody else's game. Why you have so many guys that need the ball, I don't understand. Of the four stars, only two of them can play off the ball. That is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. The other two, they need the ball. So why would you have them in the same start? The Clippers for you. Any kind of insults and slander that come to Clippers way, they deserve 100% of it because they did this to themselves. Unless they make a change, and by change, you need to make a trade, swallow your pride, and realize you were wrong, or move one of these guys to the bench, they will continue to lose. I don't see the Clippers getting any, getting any taller, and I don't see them developing any new skill sets as play. They are who they are, those guys on the roster. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. 
this uh, LeBron James thing, LeBron is making headlines right now, right? Uh, usually LeBron makes headlines for the drama around the Lakers and all that his play here and there. But this one is some back and forth that's been going on in the media, right? Ever since Stephen A. Smith and uh, uh, Shannon Sharp went on TV and kind of pushed back on LeBron's comments about his tenure uh, with the Miami Heat, there's been this back and forth. Uh, Shannon said his piece. Uh, and then uh, LeBron James came out there and said his piece on Twitter. Then Stephen A. Smith said his piece on ESPN and on his own show. Then Gilbert Arenas went at Shannon Sharp. And as, as a matter of fact, last night, Gilbert Arenas, he did a live where he was going at Shannon Sharp. And Steve, let me not say going at, that's the wrong word. He was responding to the comments that Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp, uh, you know, made about LeBron. And he was kind of trying to go through there and pick apart his, um, his points. He didn't cook them. He was just going at, he was just disputing their points. He didn't cook them. We're not in high school. He didn't cook them for the lame, you know what, in the back. Anyway. So what happens? The, the Lakers were playing against a very good team, or at least a team that we expect to be a very good team in the Phoenix Suns uh, yesterday. And going into that game, I saw the box score. It kind of flashed across uh, my, what is it, my screen. And I saw that the Lakers were trailing uh, in that game. And I thought actually that the Lakers were going to lose, given the fact that they were shorthanded uh, throughout that game. So when I woke up, I saw that the Lakers were able to wait, able to become away victorious. The, the major headline, no, Anthony Davis played, excuse me, Anthony Davis played, but the major storyline in that game, or one of the major storylines for the Lakers was that Austin Reeves was relegated to coming off the bench, but he performed very well. He came off the bench, scored 15 points on 54% shooting and 50% from the field. Uh, AD came back with 18 and 11 and LeBron finished the game with an efficient 64% shooting, 75% from the field, from the three, excuse me, scoring 32 points with 11 rebounds, six assists, but he did have four, five to four, four turnovers. Incidentally, I, I just figured out like LeBron broke the all-time record of the most turnovers in NBA history of 5,000. I'm not going to do a show about that, but uh, it's worth pointing it out because when Kobe had the most missed shots ever, people reminded me about that every single day. But anyway, so what happened? The game was close at the end. And essentially what, well, on the, well, excuse me, on the, on the Phoenix Sun side, uh, KD played, but of course, Devin Booker, from what I'm looking at, he did not play, or at least I didn't see him play. I could be wrong, but I don't think he played anyway. So they won the game, but at the end of the game, there was a crucial play that needed to be made. And LeBron James, you know, drew the defense and he kicked the ball out to, I want to get the player's name right. Was it, uh, I think it was, no, 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 Cam Reddish. And Cam Reddish hit the big shot to give the Lakers the lead. So at the end of the game, when LeBron James was speaking to the media, he then took a shot at the people who criticized some of his late game decision makings, like myself, Stephen A. Smith. I'm not saying I'm on that level, but you get what I'm saying. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what uh, LeBron had to say to his critics, and we'll come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to that. Uh, LeBron, you guys were out rebounded most of the game. What changed for you guys in that fourth quarter? Uh... I don't know. I think we just finally got sick of being out-rebounded. We kept bodies in front of bodies. I think uh, C. Wood did a great job of cleaning glass to start that fourth. And we was able to hit, so we finally started hitting our three-pointers now. And that, that definitely helped us get back into the game. Well, the stars definitely came out tonight on both sides. But how were you guys able to keep Kevin Durant from beating you down the stretch? Uh, I mean, can you really stop him from beating you? I mean, you just... I saw you guys had him trapped over here. Yeah, yeah, you got to. You have to. You got to put two or three, four bodies on him at times because he's that, he's that good. He's really that good. I mean, he's great. I'm sorry. Don't let me disrespect Kevin Durant. But um, we did a good job of just trying to make it tough. Uh, 
uh, throughout the game, but he's, he's an excellent player. Cam Reddish got the start tonight. What did he show you? Uh, nothing. I've already known this in Cam. And uh, to all the uh, naysayers and basketball savants that don't know nothing about basketball and telling me I should have shot that shot in Miami instead of passing to Cam Reddish, well, I did the same thing tonight because I trust my teammates, and I make the right play every single time. And uh, game ball go to Cam Reddish for sure. And likewise, the impact that Austin Reeves had, the adjustment that he made as well coming off the bench. Uh, he's just a big-time player. He can fit in any role. Um, when you have a guy that can fit in any role, starter, come off the bench, play on the ball, play off the ball, it makes it a lot easier on the team, and AR can do that. So easy transition for him. Lastly, first road win. How good does it feel to finally get that over with? It feels great because it's an in-season tournament win, and we'll take that. We'll take that for <laughs> sure. I heard it's 500000 on the line, so we're going, for, we're going for that. We're going for that. You want to share? So you heard what LeBron had to say. He essentially said that uh, he makes the right play every single time. And obviously in that moment it worked out, but the night prior or the day prior or some games prior, whatever, it did not work out. So what are my thoughts on this? Obviously, quite obviously, um, LeBron is a, as a basketball uh, savant, right? The same way some would consider Drake to be a music uh, music, um, you know, savant, uh, Kanye West to be a musical savant, a genius, however you want to call it. But that doesn't mean that because these guys are savants, they sometimes don't make bad records. And that doesn't mean that because you're a basketball savant, sometimes you don't make wrong plays, make the wrong plays. No one is 100% correct whenever they're making decisions. No one. No one. I've seen the best of them make the wrong play, not execute the way that they would have liked to. I have seen many guys have an option, a particular package they want to go to, team reacts, they try to go to their second option, it doesn't work out. So I don't believe in being 100% correct. There are times when LeBron has been right and there are times when he's been wrong, but that's not just a LeBron thing, that's every single player. Every single player. You can't tell me that you've never made the right, the wrong play, that's BS. Every single player, I'm talking about the best of the best, top 10 players, however you want to call it, they've all made the wrong play. Uh, from time to time, I think LeBron himself has a philosophy where he believes he's making the right play and other players have a different philosophy and other fans see it differently. I come from the Jordan Kobe school, so I don't subscribe to this way of thinking of pass to the open man and do all of that. No, I believe that the best player on my team should make the decision. And in most cases, I want the best player to take the shot unless he is totally draped over and he can't get a good look. Um, Stephen Ace, not Stephen Ace, Skip Bayless and Keyshawn Johnson were going back and forth about this with the Miami play where he drove into Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler pushed him into Bam and then he threw a cross the court pass that didn't go in. Um, and Skip kept on saying, well, why does he shoot? Why does he, why did he change direction? The Skip was asking LeBron to do something that it's not within his game. LeBron is not a pull up jump shooter. He doesn't have that in his game. Uh, Kobe did, Jordan did. These guys can get to a shot, get to, excuse me, get to a spot, rise up and shoot. They can go right, they can go left. I've seen Kobe bringing the ball up. I'm talking about for a game-winning shot. And as he's bringing the ball up, he goes into a modified post-up. And he's backing, as he's backing defender down with the, with the clock rolling, he hits him with a dream shake and fades away and swishes the shot, wins the game. These guys can score off the dribble and they, they have more offensive 
packages that they can go to. That's why there's more skill scores. That's why you just can't look, oh, well, he has the most score, score the most points. Yeah, but that's a longevity thing. In terms of those type of plays, that's the type of player I would want. But LeBron is a different type of player. LeBron can't make that shot. He seldom does. Now, there are times that he does, like he did in the playoffs against the Indiana Pacers when he caught the ball, drove across the, um, drove across the, what do you call it? Uh, the key stopped on a dime, pulled up and shot the ball while fading, hit the shot. You've seen other shots where he hit a running uh, jumper off the glass. He hit that shot. He can do that from time to time and other times he's not. The situation that Stephen A. Smith and these guys were referring to was, for instance, in an all-star game, you're being guarded by Kobe. In an all-star game, you shoot the damn ball. Don't pass it to your teammate and put the pressure on him. That's number one. Number two, whenever you do make those type of plays, I understand that LeBron is playing the percentage, but what he's not playing is the moment. He's not playing the moment. He's playing the percentage. This is a wide open shot. Percentage is going to be high. The question is, is that player capable of hitting that shot? Who's better suited? Is it you or that player? Who can handle pressure? Shouldn't it be you more than that player? So I understand what he is saying because he's a basketball savant. No one is disputing that. This is a bloody fact. But to say that you always get it right is a bit arrogant because no one always gets it right. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care the field. No one hundred. No, nobody's shooting a hundred, uh, batting a hundred. Nobody. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.